You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Um, but something interesting too that you said, John, was that like this is this is their last shot with Brady at the helm, at least. And I think it's something that they really truly wanted to go all in on. So painting that picture, I'm wondering, do you do you believe in this roster? Is this roster the team that can go out there, get back to the Super Bowl, and take the championship again. I mean, there's nobody in the NFC that's that's complete. It's not like the AFC at all. If, I, if they were in the AFC, I would say I think it's going to be a tough road. I, I, I mean, this is a, clearly a very good team. I think everybody looks at the Bucks and they say if they stay healthy, obviously they're going to be a very good team. Like I, it should go without saying. But there are legitimate question marks, and they're also just – weird vibes like there's weird vibes coming off maybe maybe it's from just from the outside maybe it's not into the team at team can side you go at all. deeper into that what what do you think are the weird vibes because i've i'm like i'm not denying that that's true but i'm yeah. curious from your perspective there's just i mean starting quarterbacks don't leave teams in training camp like that just doesn't happen yeah like it doesn't happen i don't care i mean it's brady so yeah it is different for sure um but it doesn't happen. it doesn't happen but it's like still that, through it, weird stuff in the atmosphere it's a little sus yeah. It's, and the fact that we're still talking about different headlines mm-hmm. of what, who, when, where, and why. Like, that's going to carry sure. into the next couple of weeks because people are investigators, apparently. Everyone mm-hmm. is Nancy Drew. So, and, and I don't even think the team cares. I don't care about the reason why. Like, I don't think the team cares. I don't think the team is like – I don't think – when I say vibes, I don't think it's like the team is, oh, frustrated because Brady missed that time. I don't think anybody cares. It's Brady. I literally think Brady could do whatever he wanted there, and they'd be like, oh, it's Tom Brady. Like, he can do whatever he wants. He's mm-hmm. earned that respect from the rest of the team. But the reality is he has practiced very little and played very little with the, with a lot of these guys. Russell Gage has been injured. Chris Godwin has been injured. Like those guys haven't really been out there. Tristan Wirfs, did he play at all in the preseason? I mean, he barely played in the preseason. Like it was just barely saw him. Ryan Jensen, obviously the heart and soul of the offensive line goes down. Ali Marpet, another heart and soul guy, isn't there right now. There's a lot of weird vibes on that offense right now. Like Mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette, was he overweight? Was he not? Does he care? Does he not? Is there beef with him and the coaches? Was there not? Why did it take so long for them to re-sign him? It took forever for them to Mm re-sign him. Like, and it was clearly he wanted to come back. Like it was just kind of a, did they really actually want him or did they look out there and say, it's him or Melvin Gordon and he can't catch. So we're just going to re-sign Lenny. (laughs) Like what's the vibe like with all of these relationships right now and all this lack of availability that's been over the, I mean, no team in the league, I don't think has been as conservative with their players in the preseason as the box. And I don't even hate that. I kind of like it actually. Like they've barely played these guys. I'm Mm -hmm. watching TJ Watt play the whole first half for the Steelers. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Like in the box, you know, to their credit, they're playing guys like, I mean, a a drive and getting them out. Like we just Mm -hmm. haven't seen the group play that much together. Defensively. I'm not as worried because most of those guys have been healthy and out there together. Mm -hmm. Offensively. 
a lot of moving pieces, a lot of changes, new tight ends, and an offense that asks a lot of the tight end position, asks a lot of different things to the tight end position, a quarterback that will ask a lot of the different things to the tight end position, a couple new offensive line pieces, guys that are totally inexperienced, now playing with a quarterback that's going to demand a lot of them. You've got Russell Gage. You've got Julio Jones, who thankfully has been healthy and stayed out there. Chris Godwin mm-hmm. is coming back from an injury. I think it in their first four games are tough. I think it could be a little bit of a tough start to the season. I think they will find themselves and they will be one of the best teams in the NFC. They can contend for a Super Bowl. Health, health, health. Like it was what delayed. I thought last year they make the Super Bowl if they're healthy. They mm-hmm. weren't. I think this year they make the Super Bowl if they're healthy. I don't know if they will be. They're already not with Ryan Jensen. That's a huge piece. That is a big loss. And kind of, I'm glad that you kind of touched on the offensive line as well as the tight end group, because in terms of maybe not specifically two roster cuts and whoever made this team, but I definitely wanted to pick your brain on this offensive line. And I know there's been a lot of conversation around Luke Decky and whether he'll be able to really hold up to, you know, playing first string at left guard and kind of how they lined up their depth chart across the offensive line. Um, and then the tight end group, I was not a fan. I thought we needed so much depth if you would have asked me this question two months ago. And now I kind of have a different perspective on it. So definitely O-line, I'm sure fans would love to know, like, do you have faith in this with Ryan Jensen out? Do you have faith in their depth? Did they need more depth? Do they need veterans? Um, where did you land on this one? Yeah, this is – it's not great right now. Brady can make a lot of things look better. You know, here's the other question. I think everybody knows, everybody watched. Robert Hainsey, I think he's been solid. There are enough issues in the run game at times. Functional play strength is it where it needs to be. I don't know the answer to that question yet. It certainly wasn't against the Colts. You know, Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner are two of the best defensive tackles in the league. And mm-hmm. they they destroyed Hainsey and Gadecki. Heyday. Um, not worried about the right side, uh, with Jack Mason and, and Tristan Wirfs will be fine. Worried about Hainsey to a degree. Definitely worried about Gedecki. Again, not long-term. I like him mm-hmm. long-term. But right now, it's all about his functional movement skills, strike timing. Those things are like very much still question marks for him. And they have to get better. Otherwise, he's going to get lit up. I mean, he did not – the Titans game, he was pretty solid. And those are those are you know, some good players he was playing up against. Then he saw the cream of the crop against the Colts. And he didn't look like he belonged on the field. Like straight up. Yeah. He would have been benched in that game had it continued, and it was a real game. Like he would have not have finished that game because mm-hmm. he was that much of a liability. You're going to trot that out there against in week one? I don't know. I mean, week one, it's one of the weakest defensive tackle rooms in the league. Week two, two. week three, week four, week five, week six, you face an all pro defensive tackle or pro bowl defensive tackle, at least one, some of those cases, multiple guys who can really play. So they're question marks. But the one nobody's talking about, Donovan Smith has gotten better every year he's been in Tampa Bay. But a lot of that recent growth came when Ryan Jensen was the center and Ali Marpet was next to him playing the best ball of their careers. What happens mm. when the guys to his two guys to his right fall off? Does that affect him? Because we've seen it affect offensive linemen for years. That chemistry, especially when it comes to passing off stunts and twists and things like that. Ali Marpet was the leader in doing a lot of those things mm-hmm. uh, when he played with Donovan Smith on that side. Luke Decky's not going to be that guy. He's going to be looking for Donovan Smith for those pointers. He's going to be looking for him for the timing and the communication. Is Smith ready to be that guy? That's a big question mark too. I think he's a really good player, but mm-hmm. there's some question marks even for him going into this season. That's wild. That's great perspective actually too because I don't think too many people realize how much – I mean depending on how big you are into into diving in deep into football, but you know how much 
the offensive line relies on the guy to the left and the right of them. And it's funny because over at Pewter, I think you guys had mentioned a couple of times how it was a debate whether or not Kappa was really that good or whether it was the guys next to him that made him better and, you know, how he would succeed after being with the Bucks. So the offensive line is going to be a huge huge focal point for week one and kind of stemming off of the offensive line. The next group of guys that have to do some blocking, but they get to do some catching. So they don't constantly have to have their hand in the dirt and do the baby powder and the towel routine tight ends. I was freaking out about them two months ago. I was really freaking out. Not because, Oh, I need Rob Gronkowski back. No, I needed like anybody. And we've talked about tight ends so much you and I, John. So, you know, that I like the, what we used to call pro style tight ends, the real, mm. real guys out there. Um, Kate Otten and, and Coquife surprised me. Uh, what do you think their roles will actually be with this team? And did they surprise you at all? They are the real guys like you described. They are <laughs> the real tight ends, not these fake tight ends. These Mike Don't Gusecki give me a tight hybrid ends. tight end. I'll lose it. Yeah. Get these Jimmy Graham tight ends out here. No, these guys are the wow. real ones. They put their hand in the dirt, they block, they move the second level, they block guys, they turn defensive ends out, and they actually legitimately move people in the preseason. I mean, you can't not be encouraged because uh, two things, I think. Mentally, they seem like they knew what they were doing, and physically, they weren't overwhelmed. Those are huge starting points. Are either of them going to make Gronkowski's impact as a receiver? Probably not this year. You know, I mean, Kate Otten maybe down the line. That's, you know, they're not obviously Gronkowski level impact, but maybe he's more of an impactful receiver. Right now, it's a huge question mark, I think, that how much receiving production they're going to get from those spots. But they don't need to be Gronkowski receiving level production. They just don't. That's not – the most important thing is that they don't screw up and that they help in the run game. They can help in pass protection. They know where to be as, as route runners. If they do, they'll catch touchdowns. They'll convert first downs underneath. They'll do those things they need. they got enough weapons all over the field. I'm not worried about the tight end room anymore either. I'm with you. I, I mean, I mean, you're obviously – you're some degree of worry when you're relying on two rookies and – you know, Cal Rudolph, he's we not totally know. washed, but he's probably not. Yeah, he's probably we still don't know. Washed. He had some yeah, moments in training know. camp where it's like, you're a veteran. What yeah. happened there? And then there's other moments where it's like, oh, Rudolph, yes, squad. And again, he's like, barely played with Brady. So, yeah, that, and then that, that matters. Like, that's a big part <laughs> of this. You know, they you look at the see the COVID season, like they didn't hit their stride until the end of the year. And a lot of it was because players that never played together before were asking asked to play together a lot. So, that's going to be a key factor in this is is the reps that they get together. It might not look great at the end, at the beginning of the season, but I do have faith that by the end of the season, I don't think we're going to be like, wow, they just this tight end room's a disaster. It's the reason why they're not having success. I, I think that they'll be okay. Do you think that same thing for the O line? Do you think that with the reps, with the tough front end of the season, that there could be a stepping up, a learning curve? a growth that some of these younger guys or some of the question marks go through that does allow them to have a little bit more success at the end of the season. I hope so, but I don't, I don't feel as confident in that one, Kaylee, to be honest with you. Like I, I think that Hainsey can keep getting better. I think that I can keep getting better, but to what degree, you know, those are just so much more important positions. Uh, the communication at the center position is so important it's hard for me to know from my vantage point where Hainsey's at with all of that. I mean, the guy is just totally in love with football. So is Gadecki, by the way. Those tens of those types of players tend to get better. But I don't know if it's all going to happen this season. I think Gadecki is going to have a rise similar to Kappa, where he was Kappa was unwatchable on a worse offensive line. So Gadecki won't be hopefully that bad. His rookie year, 
probably average maybe his second year, a little above average his third year, and then probably pretty close to that level his fourth year as well. So, you know, that that was kind of the rise for him. Maybe get a key ceilings a little bit higher. I, I hoped it, I was coming out of the draft a little bit higher than Kappas. We'll see. I think we'll get to the end of the season, and I think we'll still feel like those guys are question marks. If they're both still starting, I think we'll feel like they're question marks. And I'm not convinced that the team won't watch that Colts tape and say, you know what, Nick Leverett might get us killed a couple snaps a game, but five other snaps a game, he's going to kill somebody in the other team because he's crazy. So they might end up riding with Nick Leverett. I, I don't know. But I think either way, you're going to still have question marks at the end of the season at those spots. Being the idealist, do you think, again, continuing on this path a little bit, do you think that there is – Tom Brady doesn't want to get hurt. He's not going to – he needs his O-line to protect him, and he's not one for stepping down from intense conversations or from saying what needs to be said or from being, like, straight-up pissed off and breaking an iPad on the mm -hmm. sideline of a game. Do you think that there's going to be, like – even more than just getting the reps in like that when Tom Brady's in there, there is going to be a leveling up, like knowing this is our chance. If we're going to do it this year with this guy, I don't know. Sure Again, the idealist yeah. in me is, is like wanting to ask that question. Like, I just awesome. need positive news. We're just waiting. Hey, it, it sure didn't happen in the last preseason game on Brady's first drive of the game. You know, I think get get got beat. Four times probably in pass protection on the first drive. Josh Wells got beat repeatedly, which he's going to be a backup, but and he's probably better on the left side than the right side. And he was playing on the right side in that uh, first drive. So I mean, there were concerns there. Hainsey got beat once, I think. Shaq Mason, Donovan Smith looked pretty good for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge concern on that drive. You know, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Now Brady gets the ball so quick and makes such mm -hmm. good decisions. It's not going to be like oh Brady's going to get sacked fifty times this year. That's not going to happen. What mm -hmm. will happen is Brady will have to take stuff underneath and they'll lose out on chunk plays, which is what they've been the best in the league at because he doesn't have time to throw. And he'll take those plays. They'll gain yards. Like they'll survive those situations and those weaknesses better than most teams in the league would, maybe all teams in the league would because of who Tom Brady is as a player. But they will miss out on some of the chunk plays down the field because there just isn't time or ability to hit those because of the way the pass protection looks up front. So does that get better as the year goes on? You can coach around some of that stuff. You can. If if Hainsey steps up and it's just Gadecki, you could figure out ways around one link, weak link on the offensive line if Donovan Smith is handling his business as well. I just don't know whether that's you – know, I think there's enough question marks there to know is that going to be the case. The other thing we're not talking about is Ryan Jensen. Clearly there is thought that he could come back this season. Well, short How, time IR. Yeah. Exactly, because he he's on IR in, in a way that would make him allow him to return at some point this season, obviously. And if that happens, he's one of the toughest people in the league. I actually mm -hmm. think he could be a player that hits the ground running because the athleticism, the pain, all that stuff, that, that doesn't matter to him. Like he's, he's not been like the most amazing athlete or biggest dude his whole career. That ain't going to matter to him, like his movement skills. He like the pain, pain won't matter to him. Like, yeah, he just <laughs> – that actually might make him better because – Yeah, he off. thrives but, off of it apparently. Yeah. So that's yeah. a huge factor here too. If he's back, I mean, it could you could move Hainsey to guard, you know, even for – he's played there like a little bit. So I think there's a little bit more hope if Jensen comes back that I feel definitely good enough about their offensive line.
That makes sense. I mean, some as long as I don't see too much mobile Tom, because I don't mobile 44 year old Tom already made my heart stop mobile 45 year old Tom just keep kick me out of the stadium. I can't handle it. I don't want to see it, um, even though it looks cool sometimes. But I guess just one final note when it comes to the offensive line offense and roster talk is, is this offensive line going to help this team expand upon their run game as Todd Bowles alluded to months ago they're supposed to be having a more efficient run game they're supposed to have a lot more run plays can they do that with us offensive line or does this kind of retract um that goal that they had heading into the season I think they can do that um you know they can continue to build on those things last year they diversified the run scheme so much and it helped them a lot uh, as a rushing offense especially in the middle chunks of the season early to middle chunks of the season this is always going to be an offense that if they pass the ball often and they pass the ball early on downs, and if they throw the ball more than they run it, it's going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. And, you know, Todd Bowles, I think he's going to be great. If he gets away from what has worked for this team the last couple of years when their offense has been the best in the league, uh, mm-hmm. then, you know, he's going to be able to look in the mirror and, and say he was the problem because there's just no reason to get away from the things that have worked. There's no reason to step in. Uh, to Byron Leftwich's situation, basically, and say, hey, we're going to run the ball more on early downs. We're going to run the ball more in these situations. If anything, that's going to put more stress on your offensive line because you're more likely to be in more third and longs when the opposing defense is teeing off and doing what they want. Um, That's a concern. It's a concern with any defensive-minded head coach, I think, because they tend tend to be – I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush – they tend to be a little bit less progressive in the way that they think about offensive scheme than they want simplification, um, which – should be the other way around because then it helps your defense more if the other team is more predictable, which only happens if you scored points on the offensive side of the ball. So mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be one of the keys is seeing how they work out all of that stuff. There's question marks on the coaching side of things too for the Bucks that probably y'all can get into on another pod. Just <laughs> question marks. I don't say negative things. I just mean legit questions. Last year we knew yeah. everybody was the same coming back. Like this year it's different. And so there's going to be some things that will – uh, play out in that front too that we won't probably see all those conversations but we'll be able to watch the product on the field and we'll be able to tell that something changed here and there that probably shouldn't have. <laughs>